Today is Monday, May 17, 2021. Thanks for checking out Upon Further Review. We've got a great episode for you today. As always, make sure to like, rate, subscribe, and review, as well as follow the show on social media at UFR Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, we are on TikTok. Um, not much that I found news over the weekend. Um, Giants brought in former Florida State standout Kelvin Benjamin for a workout. And while most people kind of shrugged it off, as a 30-year-old who's been in the league for quite some time, appears he's got a shot playing tight end. And now, the man who reported that he'd be working out for the Giants, as well as confirmed that he had gotten a shot, ESPN, NFL Nation, Giants reporter, Jordan Rowe. My next guest is the NFL Nation reporter for the Giants for ESPN, as well as a recurring guest of this show, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Rana. Jordan, how's everything going for you? Good. Live from my car right there for you. Hey. There you go. So, so Look you at this are, background. Yeah. So you guys are right at, you got a uh, mini camp coming up, starting up today or two? Up yeah, we're up. taping this on Friday. So it's Friday afternoon. They got their first rookie mini camp, couple tryout guys out there, you know, the Kelvin Benjamins of the world, Corey Clements. Uh, just, you know, give you a little first look. It's not even really practice. It's just basically orientation. I mean, they have like 20 guys on the field, though. They will have as many, they'll have a one to one, probably coach to player uh, ratio out there on the field. So you don't think maybe Kelvin two to one, two to one coach to player ratio. So you don't think Kelvin, you think Corey Clements got a shot to make the team? Uh, the Giants do need uh, some running back depth. Uh, they could probably use another running back at, for training camp at, at the very minimum. So, I don't know. Corey Clement had a bunch of injuries, too, that he was has dealt with. But, uh, you know, adding a running back is definitely not out of the realm of possibilities for this team. You think Kelvin could be a practice squad guy if he doesn't make the team? Man, that's tough. Uh, what, a 30-year-old? 30 is he, is he that old? Damn. Yeah. I mean, heck, he was drafted in what, thirteen or fourteen? He was he was Winston's receiver, right? At at Florida State. Uh, yeah, but Jameis has also been in the league, uh, right? He's yeah. spent his five years in Tampa. You yeah, know, he spent 30. the six wow. last year, so this is year this is year wow. seven for Jameis. You want to feel old? Kelvin Benjamin's thirty. Um, yeah, Dave Gettleman drafted him in Carolina. That's a, I remember his first great year, and I'm like, all right, and then he's good, and then, then I think, who, who is the broadcast that said during the broadcast? He's like one one hamburger. Booger McFarland, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what do you think that just, they're just bringing him in just to see? You don't think he's going to make the team? I mean, the Giants are pretty stacked at wide receiver. They're really deep there right now, so I mean, that would be, I don't, I don't see this being the investment they're likely to make, but Hey, who knows? Maybe he blows him away. We'll see. And then, so Golden Tate's no longer – he was there last year. I, I get mixed up. You have so yeah. many receivers. Yeah. So well, he was there last year, but you might have missed it because he wasn't really there. Uh, I mean, he basically devolved into the third wide receiver. So, uh, they knew they had to upgrade that this offseason. He wasn't part of their future. They released him. 
signed Kenny Galladay. Obviously, their huge move of the offseason on the offensive side of the ball. They added John Ross. They drafted Kadarius Tony. Like so, uh, they're they've got some options there for sure. They're deep at wide receiver. Think about it. They got Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay. Then you got Kadarius Tony, John Ross, and even they took a flyer on Dante Pettis, who's a guy who is a pretty talented guy who they claimed late last year. Came out a little bit, showed a little something at the end of the year. So uh, there's there's some guys in that room for sure. Is Akeem Nick still there? Or is he his last year? His last year at the team. <laughs> What's yeah. he doing now? He's is off the off the grid. Uh, I saw him with license plate guy recently. I don't know, you know, license plate guy is like super Giants fan. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, so he's around somewhere. Memorable Akeem Nick's, Nick's moment for us was that uh, he once brushed his teeth in the middle of the locker room, not in front of the sink during like for an entire. Uh, for entire interview one of the more interesting one of the more interesting no you you won't find that it was like in the middle of like an impromptu like a uh, locker room after the game yeah. like i don't i don't think there's gonna be video of it but it was you don't brush it's very rare that you see someone brush their teeth without a sink just, <laughs> yeah. it was, um, it was so, it's it's one that sticks out yeah um so colt mccoy is no longer the backup right they didn't you got the Mike Glennon here. Uh, oh, you know, upgrade. Like, the, upgrade. Yeah. I don't know about upgrade. The people like that I talk to, like a town evaluators, actually think it's a downgrade. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Giants are in on Daniel Jones. Let's be honest. This is his year, make or break kind of deal. He's got to step it up and play much better this year. So what do you, what do you think they need to see from him to guarantee maybe he's even got another season in New York? Uh, progress, growth, uh, hope that he's the quarterback of the future. I mean, I would expect him to get, if I had a bet on it, I bet on him getting another season in New York. I mean, he, he has a lot more talent around him. Like they were 31st last year was just a bad year all around. Uh, Saquon went down. It was just a mess. Like uh, the line wasn't good. The weapons were bad. Jones struggled. He played poorly. I think people forget he started, he actually had a promising rookie year at this yeah. point. Cause last yeah. year, Last year was kind of the other end of the spectrum. He he really did not take the steps forward that people wanted. Uh, but there was things working against him. I mean, a new offense for the second straight year, he had to learn. The weapons just were not there. The offensive line was bad. And he, while he did take care of the ball better, which was a big problem his rookie year, uh, I mean, they finished 31st in points by a pretty wide margin. Only the Jets scored fewer points last year than the Giants. And obviously that's not all Daniel Jones. So adding all those guys kind of puts them in position where I, I think you're going to see a, a major, a different quarterback than you did last year for, with the Giants. How, how excited are you for, for Sterling Shepard to be finally have a single digit? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, the ironic part is there used to be a group and they were all number three, right? And it was Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham and Victor Cruz. They were all like in their previous lives, like high school or whatever, college. Uh, they were number three. So they all those guys just always, you know, always say they were all they were all number three. And now we finally get one. Finally, Sterling Shepard. The only one remaining, by the way. Yeah. For a long time, by the way, <laughs> at this point. Who do you think is sooner to potentially ink an extension? Saquon or Evan Ingram? Uh, 
I think they're both hanging on a thread. It depends on it's probably Saquon. He's more likely to get the extension. Uh, but both of them, they have to go out there and show it and prove, start playing well this year. Uh, for Saquon, it's he has to get back on the field and show that he could get back to that previous form. And for Ingram, it's he's got to go out there and play better than he did last year when he really struggled. I mean, he made the pro ball, but we all know that was completely phony. Uh, it was his worst year, his toughest year. He led all tight ends and drops. I mean, he cost him the Eagles game. He had a chance to put that away. It was a tough year for him. So they're both in uh, – you know, prove it mode. And and you, it's weird to say that about Saquon, but for him, it's about proving with your health. I mean, we just, we just, he didn't play the last two years, basically. He missed a good chunk of the season two years ago with a high ankle sprain. And now he missed all but one and a half games or one game and a quarter. So in order to get paid, probably what he would like, I mean, what he's probably worth when he's healthy or he thinks he's worth, he's got to get back on the field show he's 100% and have the team confident he can stay healthy in the future. You think he's ready for week one, or you think he's still rehabbing that knee? I think he's ready for week one. Remember, he was injured in week two. That gives him – he yeah. almost had a full calendar year yeah. to get to, you know, since the injury. So, uh, when that's the case, that's that's a lot of time. So, barring any kind of setback that I, I – if there has been one that I'm not aware of at this point, I, I think he'll be back for week one for sure. Re- were you surprised they gave Galladay such a monster contract, even though it was towards the end of that kind of first wave of free agency? Oh, yeah. I thought that kind of money was gone. But uh, the Giants kind of, when they explained uh, the how they that free agency isn't about, you know, uh, they kind of know a set number beforehand, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. Like, And it's not like a bidding war between teams. Like, everybody – knows approximately what it is and you just sweeten it a little bit. Uh, but Hey, at that point you got to adjust to the market, but they wanted Kenny Galladay and you saw how important it was to them at that point to land Kenny Galladay and they did it. And the price was probably more than anybody expected at that point. I, I to be honest with you, I didn't think they were going to get any, He was get anywhere near that. So really? kudos to his agent, Todd France did a tremendous job. He's, he's one of the best agents out oh, there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that that was a huge deal. Yeah. Um, did your heart drop when Gettleman kept trading back over and over and over again? Uh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't say my heart dropped, but my jaw dropped in that I was surprised that he was this flexible. My biggest critique of Dave Gettleman has always been I disagree philosophically with his approach. And this is kind of what I've been talking about over the years, the ability to move back, uh, the ability to collect future assets, get more draft picks in regard, you know, the more lottery tickets you have, the better chance you have of winning. And these, I know people think they're smart and they're better than everyone else at the draft. The reality is nobody's really good at the draft. Everybody misses a ton, right? I mean, your odds of hitting after the first round are like 30% and lower. So, I mean, just the more picks, the better. And we saw that, and maybe Joe Judge gave him the little nudge. Regardless, the two of them working together, this, to me, especially they were going to draft Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith if they were there at 11. They weren't. So the smart move at that point is to leverage, you know, the, the, the strength that you have there in the 11th spot, quarterbacks on the board, move back. Now they got three picks for next year. Now, 
we talked about Daniel Jones before, right? Think about it now. They put themselves in a spot by moving back and collecting a future first, a future third, and a future fourth next year. If Daniel Jones plays terrible and they don't think he's the guy, now they're at least they have a contingency plan. They're in position with two first-round picks to do something about it next year. So to me, it's just a smart way of uh, operating and manipulating the uh, the position that you're in. What, what what quarterbacks do you think they're looking at if they if they realize Daniel Jones' the experiment is not going anywhere? Oh, geez, I don't know. I, I have no idea you at this point. I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. I, I know it's not going to be – from what I heard, it's not going to be a great quarterback class next year. Yeah. So, uh, I can't even speculate on something like that. But, you know, to be honest with you, that's when the Giants – like the whole – everything about, you know, oh, Russell Wilson now or, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. The Giants aren't in that position yet to go to get the guys. But they're building up. Next year, depending on what happens with those guys and everyone out there in the draft, all that changes because they're built up their roster around the quarterback position. Now they're getting in better position where, okay, maybe next year, if they do add a top end quarterback, then all of a sudden it would be worthwhile because they can actually seriously compete. So I, you know, the Russell Wilson thing that has, you know, leaked out a little bit, these rumors over the last couple of years and, you know, him and Sierra's desire to be in New York at one point, you know, it was never realistic. And I don't, we, who knows what happens now, but maybe in the future, you know, that could be something that comes to fruition. I don't know. Do you see any chance of Rogers landing with the Giants? I have a hard time seeing Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. Like you just don't let a quarterback who's that good. I mean, he still is the MVP this year, this year leave. So yeah, I'd be. Way, 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 way less likely than likely, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then their draft class, what were your thoughts on it as a whole? I know you got you got Tony, as you previously mentioned, traded back to get him from Florida. And I think Alajari from Georgia, they said he was like the best pass rusher of the draft. How do you how do you like that they, they got him at 50? Yeah, the knee was uh scary. You know, some teams didn't feel comfortable drafting him, uh, thinking that it wasn't a great long-term investment. Uh, but for the Giants, I mean, he's the guy who never missed games or practices because of his knee. I don't think that's something you're worrying about in the short term. If that's something four years down the line, five years down the line, when you're worrying about a second deal you have to worry about, that's fine. I mean, if you get four really good years from a second-round pick, you you know, that's not – okay, that's fine. It's not the end of the world. Uh, so, to me, that was a really good pick for them. Tony, a lot of people like him. I think he's really raw that he can grow into it. He hasn't played wide receiver that much. Remember he's uh, this was his breakout year this past year. And uh, he was a guy who was a quarterback beforehand uh, it, down in Mobile, Alabama. And he kind of came to Florida and they had a, you know, they, they, the human joystick, they had to figure where he kind of fit in. So, uh, but I do, I like it. I mean, Ellerson Smith in the fourth round is a good uh, high upside crapshoot guy. Who's coming from Northern Iowa who apparently looks like Adonis. Hopefully he doesn't play like Jane. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think overall there's some pretty good talent there. And and everyone likes that Aaron Robinson from UCF. So seems to be a guy that people think he's going to be a successful player. And, uh, we'll ultimately see how that turns out. But 
Um, you know, overall good because you have to factor in they now have three future picks on top of it on top of that draft class. Yeah, it's just wild. And then with the schedule, the schedule at least they do it for you. I think it's really overrated. Uh, well, as a reporter, you look at it and you say, okay, where are we going and where are we going? Where yeah. are we going and where? So to me, yeah. like the most important thing is, all right, when are we going to LA to play? When are we going to Miami? When are we going to Tampa? Yeah. Like the nice weather. Give me a nice December trip when it's freezing cold and I'm miserable here in New Jersey and I want to get the hell out of here. I get to go to uh, sneaking around the golf and, uh, in uh, Los Angeles or Miami in December. Like that's, that's what excites me, but yeah, yeah. no, it is interesting. I, it is fun to go and predict it and see where, when you play teams and what and how it pans out. Cause it is important in the yeah. end. Like the giants have had a really tough schedule opening for years now that, that they played in Dallas in the opener seemingly every year, even though they didn't last year, but like, since I've been on this beat and to not have that, to have like, a, okay, they're home against Denver. It's a way more winnable game than, on the road against the Cowboys team that's been talented now for, for, for a pretty long time, which makes it a really tough opening game. You want to start off well. The Giants were 0, have been 0-2 the last four years. They know. were 0-5 in two of those four years. So to start off strong is really would be really nice for this team, and they have a much better chance this year than they have probably any time in the last four or five, four or five years easy. Yeah. Well, plus, you got Soldier Field on January 2nd, and it's beautiful in Chicago that time of year. So you should be. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't my preference. But I look, you told me I I get two a November game in Tampa and two December late November game in in Tampa and two uh you know L A and Miami in December. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. First, when you first saw the entire schedule, what what kind of record did you have in mind? What do what do you think their ceiling? Nine and eight, eight nine. I mean, maybe everything goes goes completely perfect they could be 10 and 7 but that would be uh that's pretty high i think interesting and then um who do you think finishes a better record this year the giants or the jets uh the giants giants have a better overall roster right now the jets have a rookie quarterback uh yeah i mean the giants are i mean their roster is is getting much better it's uh they have a competent roster i think for the first time, really, since 2016, 17. Yeah. What about in the division? Who do, who do you like this year? I actually do like Washington. I mean, I think that really? defense is really growing. Uh, I'm not a big Ryan Fitzpatrick fan. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want him as a starting quarterback for my team, like especially long term. And but if you want to sit there and say, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than anything the Washington, I almost said the dreaded R word, and better than the, the time, Washington, better than what Washington has put out last year. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback than any of those guys. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to argue it. Like no. I said, yeah, you're probably right. So it is an upgrade at quarterback for them. And they have a great defense. And I, I love Terry McLaurin. I think they have some good, like, you know, they added some uh, offensive pieces to the mix. Uh, so, I like the Washington team. I, I, I'm way more hesitant on Dallas. I'm sick of Dallas. Do something before you, like we, we even sit here and talk about them being good. Oh, they got good, great talent. They have good talent. We say that every year. Every year, it's exhausting. Enough with the stinking Cowboys and their talent. Go prove something, and maybe I, I'll be a believer. But that's where I stand with them. And I think the Giants are a better team. I mean, from top to bottom, they're way better 
roster wise than they were two years ago. I did something on ESPN.com comparing the roster from two years ago when Joe Judge took over until now, and it's a drastic change. They're just so much better. It's not even close. They got the corner last year. The kid, the guy from Carolina, gave, um, drawing a blank. Is Bradbury, that? James Bradbury. Bradbury. Did he exceed your expectations? A lot of people said, "Oh, maybe." Yeah, he, he was great. Yeah, he was great last year. He played really, really well. Uh, made the Pro Bowl. Uh, played really well. Uh, proved to be a really good signing, especially for the amount that it was. Uh, you know that they, they, you know, Byron Jones was considered the top guy, and then he really went out and outperformed Byron Jones uh, last year. So I think you got to be happy with, with what James Bradbury gave you. Now you have a good compliment to him. They went out and signed the dual rejection. So they had a lot of money, oh, I forgot two free yeah. agent. Yeah. Two free agent wide receivers. They're heavily invested in, uh, I mean, sorry, cornerbacks. They're heavily invested in one is like the taller, longer guy in Bradbury. And the other guy is like the speedy, uh, you know, man to man, you know, guy in, in Jackson's, I think it's a pretty good compliment. I'm interested to see how that works out. If Evan Engram gets hurt again, should they consider bringing Larry Donnell back? Cause he was great for that one game. Larry Donnell. Yeah. The Washington, he crushed Washington at that three or three touchdown game against Washington on like <laughs> yeah. Monday, Monday night or whatever. Yeah. Then, then he joked afterwards that uh, even he didn't start himself on his fantasy team. <laughs> Um, do you think Daniel Jones has finally shook? I remember early on his career, I think it was almost every game his rookie year he had a turnover. Do you think he's finally shaken that, or, or, or are the Giants fans still kind of fed up anytime you see him with a dumb, just kind of just throwing it away when he when it's really avoidable? Yeah, I mean, he was better last year. There's no doubt about that, and he made improvements. I think he's still going to be a guy who's going to turn it over a decent amount. Uh, pocket presence is my remains my biggest concern with him. And that kind of factors into the fumbling, but he made progress last year in that regard. So he did better. Uh, I don't, I don't ever think he's going to be the Aaron Rodgers type who literally never turns it over. I mean, it's crazy how few interceptions that that guy throws, but uh, yeah, so there were, there was progress. There's reason to believe that it's not going to be just a complete downfall for this guy is that he can't go without, you know, 25, 30 turnovers a year in regards to fumbles and interceptions combined. Who, who do you think is the number two receiver outside of Galladay? Do you think it's Shepard or do you think it's Slayton this year? Uh, I don't know. Slayton's, I mean, uh, Slayton's kind of more the deep threat. Shepard is the more missile reliable uh, move the chains underneath slot guy. I think their numbers will probably be pretty comparable. If you told me Sterling Shepard will stay healthy for 16, 16, sorry, 17 games. It's still weird. It's still weird. So silly. I don't know. Like 10 and seven, this doesn't make sense. Like that. I'm supposed to say 10 and six, 11 and five, you know, five and 11, five and 12 is just got to get used to that. Got to get used to that. Shepard's had a big concussion issue, right? Almost like Jordan Reed level, like kind of scaring him out. Not that, not to that degree, yeah. But I mean, he's uh, had multiple concussions that have cost him time, and so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, especially a guy playing out of the slot, yeah. plays tough, takes a lot of hits. Are there any guys you've been hearing about, maybe behind the scenes, that have been busting their chops in the offseason that you're expecting to have a big year that maybe fans aren't thinking about? 
Well, Andrew Thomas is a guy I know that everybody's super excited about. Uh, they think he's going to make a pretty big. Yeah. The next year. Uh, sorry, I don't know if I messed up that. No, I heard you. I hit. I hit, a, I hit a. I hit a button. I might have muted myself for a second. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and Andrew Thomas is a guy that they have a lot of confidence in that he's going to continue building off last year. And Matt Parrott is a guy. I heard he looks great. Uh, that he really? look. He just. He's going. He was their third round pick last year, so he is going to be given every opportunity. It sounds like to be the starting right tackle uh, ahead of Nate Solder, who's going to be more of the swing guy, they hope, uh, if Parrott comes in and plays well. But uh, I heard Parrott just – I mean, he he always was long and impressive looking, but now he's jacked up in addition to that, and he just looks like he put on a lot more muscle uh, ready to make a significant impact here in year two. Um, and then when you're, and then there's one last question for you. So when you were looking at the schedule, was there any games that outside of division games that kind of jumped out at you that you could have said, maybe this could be a swing game. This is a game. Maybe people aren't expecting us to win that maybe we grabbed. That's just one in our favor looking towards the playoffs. That new Orleans game is the one that's interesting to me. You know, that first four stretch it's in new Orleans, but what is new Orleans going to be right? Yeah. Uh, the giants got to get some wins early in the season because there's a point where they get to the middle of the season and they have Monday nighters in uh, Tampa Bay, Monday nighter in uh, Kansas City. So, I mean, those are games that this they're, they're not going to be at the level yet that they could win those kind of really tough road games in primetime. I mean, I don't know who can win those games in primetime, to be honest with you, on the road. So they need to get those games early. That, that New Orleans game is kind of interesting to me. They probably need to be three and one at that quarter pole. Uh, for you to feel really good about this team, I think. Did you take a look at the end of Washington's schedule? I'm pretty sure they have five division games in the years I've never seen before. Yeah, the NFC East is all stacked at the end of the division. The Giants, I believe, are three of the last four weeks. So those will obviously be big games. Uh, you know, the Eagles-Giants rivalry seems to be heating up a little bit. Eagles kind of threw in the towel in week 17 last year. They we should all have saw won. That. They should have won. It was pathetic. They threw – they threw in the towel. They didn't care about the game. And then, uh, you know, the Giants, they were both in it for Dory Jackson. The Giants got him. Eagles then jumped the Giants in the draft to get Devonta Smith. So, yeah, we got some uh, Eagles-Giants late in the season. I think uh, it's going to be nice. And I'm sure the Eagles fans, since they haven't been in the games in two years, I'm sure they're going to be very, very well behaved wherever the game is, and they're going to be complete. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Eagles fans are the class, class X. Uh, but always a pleasure having you on. Do appreciate it. Um, how can people find you on social media? And I saw you uh, a podcast. You can plug that so people can check that out. Breaking Big Blue. Uh, I talk about the Giants and just being a reporter in general, covering the NFL and the Giants and uh, working for ESPN. Uh, try to keep it entertaining and like throwing a lot of little nuggets there. So tune in. Jordan Ron on at Instagram. I mean, at Twitter. Jordan Ryan on ESPN at Instagram. Thanks for having me, Zach, man. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Appreciate it, man. I can't wait for the season to start back up. I'm glad we still have a little bit of basketball left because when it's just baseball, you got to find something else that's on TV. But football, can't wait. Season, fans in the stands, I'm excited. No more masks. We're good to go. Let's do it. But I do always a pleasure and I do appreciate it. You got it, man.